Hello, and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from, and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. My name is Clint Wiley. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, I'm the missions pastor or pastor to serve ministries. And we are continuing our series this week. Uh, We started last week called Reset My Heart. As we enter into this this new season, as we enter into new rhythms, as we enter into uh, new rhythms, we get this opportunity to restart. We get an opportunity to step into, uh, into some new things. I know, uh, I don't know about you, but for me, a rhythm is really good. Uh, it's hard sometimes whenever the schedules are, are here and there and, and all over the place uh, to find that rhythm, to find that pattern, to find that, um, those, those commonalities in, in our day. But when we step into a rhythm, right, when our kids start going, going back to school and there's a, a rhythm for how the mornings work and a rhythm for how the evenings work, Um, For me, it's very helpful. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful in how we begin these next steps, we can allow our schedule to determine our path. We can allow our schedule to determine our priorities. We can allow the things of the outside world to, to lead us and guide us where Christ calls us to be led and guided by Christ. In Proverbs Three, five, and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will set your paths straight. This is in the Hebrew, uh, this is a common theme that we talk about these paths that we go on, these steps that we take, that God leads us in these steps. And uh, oftentimes they call this the halakha, the way of walking. I don't think that's actually how it's pronounced, um, but I'm just starting seminary uh, in September, so you can expect some improvement uh, as, I, as I move forward. Um, but this is, this is a common theme where we, we learn about the ways that we should go as Christ leads us in those ways, this path, this way of walking. We see all through, all through scriptures um, where like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will set your path straight. For the word is a light into my feet, a lamp into my path. Right, these, these concepts of, of setting your heart straight. You see, the heart is central to our steps moving forward. Right, we, we learned last week, as Jeremy talked about, uh, the heart being that, that central piece to all that we are. The heart being the ways uh, the things that lead us and the, that guide us. The, the heart is not just the, the muscle that pumps our blood through our body, but it is, it is where our, our thought comes from. It's where our emotion comes from. It's where our logic and our reason come from. The heart is central to who we are. This is mission control. And so when we see the, the scriptures, the ancient scriptures talk about the heart, it is so much more than just than just the organ in our body. It is the center of who we are. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Last week, uh, Jeremy talked a little bit about uh, the ways in which when we allow God into our lives, we oftentimes allow God in partially. 
right? We oftentimes allow God into the areas of our lives that we want God to see. And the other stuff, we take uh, and we pile it into the closet, right? We pile it into this area that we don't want God in on, although he knows everything, he sees all things, but we hold these areas back from God. And God calls us to confession. Confession, that realization of, of, these, of these areas and the opening of these doors. Now, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy you have a gift for, um, for teaching and you have a gift for, uh, for, for speaking to kiddos. Uh, my daughter listens to you really well. Whenever you gave this illustration, she looked at my, uh, my wife and said, that's a brilliant idea. I can shove everything in my closet. <laughs> this is awesome, right? And so uh, thank you for your discipleship in that area. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. <laughs> means a lot. Uh, but whenever we step into confession, right, it is a realization. It's a realization that our, our space is not what it should be. And oftentimes God comes into this space and he organizes it, right? He cleans it up. And oftentimes, uh, I know for me, uh, it's not a closet. For me, it's my garage, right? For me, my garage is that space that gets all of the clutter. Um, I'm very, very, uh, very happy that one side of my garage actually has a car in it. Uh, which, is a, which is a huge feat. I'm, I'm really proud of that. But the other side of my garage is, a, is an absolute, is absolute chaos. Um, thank you. Uh, we can confirm that, that it's true. Um, so one side is total chaos. And the reason it's total chaos um, is that whenever we're tired coming back from a soccer game or coming back from, from the beach or coming back from whatever it is, we start unloading all that stuff. And all that, although that stuff has a place, we're just really tired at the end of the day. And so we just, we just take that stuff and we just kind of like, ah, uh, right? Uh, and we just hope that like the magical garage fairy comes through and like cleans it up. Uh, but if you know her number, uh, can you give her a call? Because uh, I haven't found that out yet. But my garage is chaos. And every once in a while, every once in a while, I realize how chaotic and how terrible it is and I, I get to work to clean it, right? It, that happens one of two ways. Either I see someone else's garage and it's like spotless and I'm like, man, I am really struggling here. <laughs> I'm really slacking. Or, or I'm trying to like get to something in my garage and I can't, like I can see it like off in the distance and I know it's there, but I just like, I start crawling over stuff and like tripping over stuff and carrying stuff and just falling. And I realize in those moments that my garage is, a disaster. I think we do this with our own lives as well. Uh, in scripture, we see, we see David come to a realization that his life is, is chaotic, that his life is a mess as he uh, commits adultery with, with Bathsheba and, uh, and, and murders someone and, and his life is spiraling and someone calls him out and says, hey, you gotta, you gotta do something about this. Like, this is wrong. This is, this is a wreck. And he comes to the realization and he, he, he prays this prayer to God in Psalm 51. I encourage you to go read it. Or maybe the other way with Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six, where, where Isaiah is, has this vision and he, he's standing before God in the Holy of Holies and, and, and God brings the, the coal uh, from the altar to his lips and he says, woe is me for my lips are unclean. Standing in the presence of a great God, I realize that 
that my garage is pretty messy. And he comes to a place of confession. And so what do we do? When we get to that place, we start, we start cleaning it up. We go home and we get, we get to this, we kind of block out a Sunday or block out a, a Saturday where we're not gonna do anything and we start cleaning that garage. And, and, and then we take a picture of it, right? Because it's like finally clean, like that one time a year that it's finally clean. We take a picture of it. We put it on Instagram, but uh, it's not really the reality of what our garage looked like. We should put a before and then an after. In fact, we should probably put a picture of two weeks later as well. Because oftentimes it doesn't look like this two weeks later, does it? If your garage is anything like mine, it always goes back to the way that it was. You see, there's a difference between grinding to clean it up, grinding to fix this area of brokenness in my life, uh, really focusing hard on this addiction that I have so that I can, I can put that behind me or, or that those, those areas of my life that are broken and I, and I work really hard to, to get it done. But there's a, different, a total difference when we allow Jesus into our life. When we allow Jesus into these spaces, it's not just behavior modification, it's life transformation. When we allow Jesus into these places, uh, it act, God actually changes our want to's. He changes the desires of our heart. He changes, uh, and so it's not just, I'm gonna fix that, but, but God comes in and fixes it in two ways. All right, whenever you watch one of, those, um, one of those, those reality TV shows and they fix up their space or whatever, they organize their stuff, uh, they, they don't just come in and, and organize it and get it clean, but they always give them tools to keep it clean. Right, they give them the organization structure. They give them the, the framework for how, how they move forward with this new way of life. The author of uh, Proverbs, the wisdom poet, in Proverbs 4.20 gives some insight as to what this looks like moving forward. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Proverbs chapter four, starting in verse 20. Proverbs chapter four, starting verse 20 from the New Living Translation. He says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not lose sight of them and let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. One of my favorite scriptures is, is Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates dividing both soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. Will you allow God today to judge the heart, the heart, judge the attitudes and the thoughts of your heart? Verse 22, it says, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked, but keep your feet from following evil. I wanna go back to the kind of the, the key to this verse. Kind of the, the hinge pin for this verse, the foundation for this passage of scripture is in verse 23. It says, for guard your heart for it is, for it, for it determines the course of your life. The NIV says, for it is the wellspring of life. 
There's an imagery here of a spring flowing from the ground. And if you know anything about a spring, it flows from the ground into the rest of the water. But if a spring is contaminated, what happens to the rest of the water? It's also contaminated. For guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. What happens at the spring will affect everything else. The heart is all of the things. It's the spiritual, it's the mental, it's the physical. All of these things are tied together. And if you, if you need an example of that, watch the Olympics. In the past few weeks, we've seen uh, this, this story, storybook beginning where Simone Biles comes into the Olympics most likely going to win six gold medals. But the mental, the physical, and the spiritual are so tied together. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. What are the voices that you're letting in? Who is telling you what success is? What are the false narratives that we are letting lead and guide our lives? A few, uh, a few months ago, as I was stepping uh, out of student ministry and into this role as, as missions pastor, um, it was a pretty tough season for me. Uh, I was coming off of a really challenging season in COVID, trying to figure out how to do ministry. I've been a youth pastor for 12 years and all of a sudden everything about student ministry was changed. If you're a teacher or an administrator, you get that, right? Everything that you knew about what it meant to be an educator or a teacher, it changed. We had to reinvent the way that we did things and, and it got exhausting. It led me to a place of, of pretty close to burnout. And thanks be to God, I had uh, somebody in my life, my wife, who who looked at me and said, you're not healthy. He looked at me and said, you need, you need to get away. You need to refresh. You need renewal. And so the ways that, one of the ways that I find rest and I find peace is, is in solitude, is in unscheduled time. I mean, that's a foreign concept to, to, to us, right? In our society, what is unscheduled time? Unscheduled time always gets filled with other things in our schedule. But the ways that I find rest, the ways that I re rejuvenate is solitude. And so, um, so I called a, a friend and said, uh, who has a, a beach house and um, had the opportunity just to, to go and spend a few days in solitude. Spend time just in prayer. Spend time without, without things on my schedule, but just, just the opportunity to be with God to be with nature, to find rest. 
uh, I did a little bit of, uh, of, of crab fishing. Uh, I had never done that before, but it was pretty awesome. And I got to cook my own crab and eat. There's something about, uh, about eating something that you've caught or cooked, right? Uh, that was beautiful and, and refreshing and restorative to our souls. But, but if I hadn't stepped aside and found that time, if my wife hadn't called that out in my life, I know that that was the beginning of a contaminated well. Friends, if we want to be effective parents, teachers, coaches, mentors, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, we must guard our hearts first and foremost. And the foundation of that is time with God. The foundation of that is, is a connectivity with who God is. I mean, I can't, I can't turn on uh, the news or I can't, I can't open up my web browser uh, without seeing a pastor that has fallen and, and caused chaos in their church. In a, in a profession where it seems like they have it all figured out and it seems like, like everything that the pastor should be uh, spiritually on top. We see time and time again, these pastors getting burned out because they've allowed the, the wellspring of their lives, they've allowed their hearts to become contaminated by fame and success, by, uh, by the approval of others, by, uh, by their own pride, by what, whatever it might be, by lust or addiction. I've been listening to this podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Um, it's put on by Christianity Today. It's a, it's a really, really interesting, really uh, thought-provoking a podcast um, where they talk about this, this church, Mars Hill, that was a mega church um, that, that was followed. Uh, their model was followed by many all across the, across the nation. Uh, and their pastor, Mark Driscoll, was looked up to in so many ways as a, as a leading thought, thought provider in the, in the community. And Mars Hill is not a church anymore. Because, of the, because Mark allowed his well, allowed his heart to become corrupted. And it, it has to affect down the river. We see it time and time again in our world. And so if, you are a, if you're a note taker, uh, I found a couple things in scripture that I think um, really help us to guard our hearts. Some practical things that help us to, to set out to guard our hearts. Number one, we need accountability. James 5, 16 uh, talks about uh, the need not only to confess before God, but confess before one another. To find relationships where you can confess uh, your brokenness and, and it says, and then we will pray for one another and there you will find healing. I don't know, for, for some of you, that might be uh, a mortal life group where you can gather together with, uh, with people that you love and share about what, what's happening in your life. For some, it may be a band group where you uh, gather together in accountability with, with other brothers or sisters in Christ and ask each other hard questions. But we must, be, we must get into a habit of reaching outside of ourselves to ask difficult questions. And friends, that's not comfortable. <laughs> that is not, uh, not common for that to happen, but it is absolutely necess necessary. Uh, a few years 
back, uh, my wife and I did, did a devotional book, and I don't know why we, we don't do it anymore, uh, but it, it proposed questions before us that allowed us to ask deeper, harder questions about ourselves, and we couldn't blame each other. We could just blame the book, right, for asking the question. But I think that's so healthy for us to, to be in places in, in accountable relationships where we, uh, where we don't find ourselves on an island. We need something that checks our outputs. In verse 24, it says, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech because it divides community because it is an indicator. Our, our mouth, what comes out of, our, of ourselves is an indicator of a problem upstream. Luke 6, 45 says, out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. If this wellspring is corrupt, it will affect things down the river. The heart determines the course of our lives. Number two, uh, be in the word regularly. That Hebrews 4.12 uh, talks about how, how, how we, when we put ourselves in the presence of God, when we put ourselves in the word, then it, it, it convicts our hearts, convicts our, our actions, our motives. The word of God will help you set filters in your life. I'm not talking about like strict, strict rules and regulations as to I'm not gonna get on the internet and I'm not going to, um, to watch these shows. But when we are in the word, when we are being transformed, it's not just cleaning things up. It's, it's actual life transformation where he uh, changes our desires. He changes our want tos. He changes the things that we, that we look to do. And all of a sudden, when we start seeing that, that movie or that show that we have always liked, all of a sudden, some red flags start going up when we've been in the presence of God because it sets filters, because it changes the way that we think when we're in the presence of God. So be in the word regularly. Number three, rest well. We as a nation are terrible at this. I am terrible at this. I oftentimes don't rest well until I can't get through my garage, right? And that's when I begin to fix those things. That's when I begin to start investing in those things is when I rest, I rest well, but, but Christ calls us to rest well weekly, calls us to rest well daily. Exodus 28, that ten com- the 10 commandments, right? Even at the very foundation of who we are, Keep the Sabbath day holy. This, actually, this command was actually um, punishable by death in the Old Testament if you didn't keep it. This wasn't just a suggestion for us. It was actually a command because God knew how valuable it was for guarding our hearts. Find out how you rest and put it on the calendar. For me, it's solitude. It's unscheduled time. And I have, to, I have to be really intentional about making that unscheduled time not scheduled. But friends, if we do this, if we do this, we begin to set healthy rhythms for our lives as we guard our hearts. But this must be intentional. This must be intentional or else it will get away from us. We'll, we will allow the outside to influence what we do. Look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. This is a narrowing of our focus. It's so easy to make everything a priority in our lives. 
And when everything's a priority, nothing is a priority. It's so easy to make sports and grades, vacation and hobbies and at work. And for me, getting ahead of the day, checking email is the first thing I do when I wake up. So easy to make those things a priority, but instead, what does it look like instead of getting ahead of my day with email and to-do lists, getting ahead of my day in time with, the, with God, getting ahead of my day in preparing myself spiritually for the battle ahead. I know that, that our schedules are gonna get busy and soccer's about to start back up and, and all of the things that, that fill our schedule are about to fill up. And so instead of allowing those things to lead and guide you, I know that we have to invest in those things. I know that those are part of our, of our community and part of our daily schedules, but instead of letting those things steer our priorities, what does it look like to keep our priorities in the midst of those things? What does it look like to glorify God and to worship God while, you're out at the, while your family is out at the soccer fields on Sunday morning in Austin for a soccer tournament? What does it look like? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will set your paths straight. So as we take communion today, um, there's a couple questions that will be up on the screen. And I want these just to be kind of questions that you reflect on. Maybe take your phone and, and take a picture of it as a reflection throughout the week, as things that you can, you can kind of process throughout the week. Uh, yeah, if, if band and communion servers would, would come up. But these are ways that you can process throughout the week. Um, this, uh, also, this month is the monthly mission opportunity is for Mission Northeast. So anything you leave on the communion rails will go towards Mission Northeast and their job uh, training program. So on the night that Jesus gave himself for us, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he raised it and said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. And so daily, we remember who Christ was, who Christ is in our lives as he leads and guides us. This act of taking communion is, a, is an act of, of sustaining our faith in Christ. The daily, we're asking God to lead us, lead us on the path. And so Holy Spirit, pour out your presence on this these common elements of bread and cup. God, and make them to be so much more than this. God, make them to be the body and blood of Christ so that we might be that same thing to the world, so that we might be a physical representation of your love to this world, God. God, would you make us one together? Would you unite us in cause, in purpose, in mission, in vision? God, would you unite us with you? And God, would you lead us along the path day by day and step by step? We love you and we praise you. We honor you in this time. As we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.